Welcome to Magic Time, live from St. Louis Bar and Grill, their Mountain Road location in Moncton, New Brunswick. I'm Scott Squires, along with my broadcast partner for Moncton Magic Home Games, Dave Tingley. Dave, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good, man, after that game. Not a bad location to do a live post-game podcast from the lovely St. Louis Bar and Grill. Lovely is right. Food's good. Beverages are typically cold and delicious. Company's okay. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> As we sit in our lovely booth for two. That's right. Although if anybody came they wanted to pull up a chair, we'd let them sit with us, right? Uh, yeah, so come find us. <laughs> so, this is the post-game for tonight's Moncton Magic matchup against the Island Storm. And Dave, it ended up being a 110-103 victory for the Moncton Magic. But uh, it was in doubt for a little while at times, especially after the first quarter when the Island Storm came out on the road and played a really good first quarter. Yeah, they really coming off a game in which they had scored 85 points in St. John and, and, and Coach himself have been before the game. We just have a tough time scoring at times. To come out and drop 35 on that in that quarter, and they, really the key was the bench, the, that bench mob that he's been going to, the five-on, five-off, um, shift changes he's been making sort of mini league uh, <laughs> subs brought to brought to pro ball but I mean it's worked for them and it worked like a, a charm tonight and, and they got off to a really good lead and really it was only the shooting of Corey Allman that really had Moncton in touch after after 12 minutes well you talk about Corey Allman and his shooting was excellent and then he became a distributor of the basketball later on in the game but what can you say about Corey Allman that perhaps we haven't already said He's a leader on and off the floor, and you just got the feeling that coming into tonight's game, he wanted something special to happen. Yeah, and you see it in his reactions to other people's successes. You know what I mean with Corey? He he has that. Nobody was nobody jumped higher out of their no fan jumped higher out of their seat when Freddie McSwain Jr. threw down that alley oop that he threw up in the air. No fan jumped higher than Corey did on the floor. He was happy, and you could tell after the game when I mentioned Joel and Dondo, and he just he loves his guys having success, and he he knows that he had a hot start. He knew that the the, the defense of the of the storm shifted to him, made him a focus. Let's let's make him let's get him off of his spot. Uh, force him to different different spots, and other guys stepped up. It took them a while to get into the flow defensively, did the team, but on the offensive end of the floor, they really had it going all night, and it was just different guys contributing. It was seven guys in double figures, like we talked about on the broadcast. In a name that you just tossed out there a second ago, Freddie McSwain Jr., uh, first time that the home Man. fans got a chance to look at him. I had Coach Salerno on the podcast the other day, and he was excited when he was telling me about Freddie McSwain Jr., how athletic he is, the term that you hear, and that coach used is bounce. Boy, oh boy, does that young man had bounce. Uh, how much did he impress you tonight, Dave? Immensely, and even before those highlight real plays that he rattled off, even before then, we and you and I talked about it on the broadcast, he just seems to have a feel for the game. He comes from, I mean, look, he played four years at a Big Ten school, Indiana University. He's got some feel for the game, and he, he might be a little bit limited offensively as far as a jump shot. Didn't look terribly comfortable, she knows, but... He, the fact that he took a couple when he was wide open, and he know, and smart basketball players know that even if I'm not a high percentage perimeter shooter, if my guy, if Duke Mundy and Corey Allman and those guys are going to take the punishment of driving into the key and be cut off by by my check, I'd better be at least willing to take that shot. And he knocked one of them down, and so he just, he just had a real feel for the game. 
and then came the monster dunks afterwards and it was just like yeah okay yeah we this guy's going to be a, a fan favorite well a couple of alley-oops and listen from a broadcast perspective the on-air team always enjoys calling alley-oops he got a couple of them uh, he was fed one from Corey Allman. The other one, I believe, was from Duke Mundy. Duke Mundy, the back door, yeah. But the other thing with Freddie McSwain Jr. is that, and, and Marcus Lewis as well, who rolled his ankle, didn't mm. get to play tonight, the two newest guys, but they haven't had a whole lot of practice time, Dave. They're still kind of learning this team. Well, Cor- Corey mentioned him specifically, too. You, you, you ain't even seen Marcus yet, he said to the fans after. You, you like Freddie. Wait till we get Freddie and Marcus on the floor together. And, and Marcus has gone around the league a little bit and bounced from team to team. Uh, but not for lack of talent, and he's going to get his shot. And he was terrific in the game in Halifax in that comeback. He was one of those guys, 19-7 and seven down there in Halifax on the road, just turned his ankle in practice, so he'll be back. And having those two guys in the wing, if they play together, jeepers, it's going to be a sight. And those two guys are new to the NBLC and new to the Moncton Magic. Another new Moncton Magic, not so new to the league itself, is Joel Ndondo, another relatively recent pickup. But he played some big minutes, and he had some electrifying action around the basket as well, Dave. I mean, he was uh, he was one of the difference makers. And I mean, he easily could have been a player of the game choice, and, uh, and he, was, he was on our lips for that choice. I mean, 14 and 5 on uh, 7 to 10 shooting in 19 minutes. I mean, how much production, and, and Freddie and him together, we talked about combined for 25 and 11 in their limited minutes and you get numbers like that out of guys off the bench and and uh yeah especially the big spots uh where in this league if you get production numbers from the big spots especially since most of the heavy minutes are going to go to the electrifying guards and the wings um you're going to be in good shape and i was talking to denzel taylor prior to the game and i asked him how he was doing he said he's back at about 90 percent and I said, man, I said, if, if this team can ever get everybody relatively healthy and together at the same time, look out. And he said, oh, he said, absolutely. But, you know, even guys like, you know, Denzel, a little banged up tonight still, Jason Caliste, who was Jason Caliste like tonight. You talked to him afterwards, you know, and, and we just, you know, retell the conversation there with Jason after, just in terms of how guys are still banged up. Yeah, in typical Jason Caliste fashion, it was a short conversation. I said, hey, just based off his performance tonight, hey, your, fee must, your, your knee must be feeling better. No. Was the answer no? And he had a smile on his face in typical quiet but good-natured Jason Cleese style. But he was limping, and he just gave them what they needed tonight. He was terrific, and he was, he was moving. You can tell at least he's moving better. He might be limping on it on the sidelines, but at least on the floor, you get to a spot sometimes as an athlete where you, the adrenaline comes in. You want to step up for your guys, and you can just block out a certain amount of pain when you know it's not hurting your knee. And they think that it's a meniscus problem that's really, as long as he can stand the pain, he'll play. And one thing that Jason doesn't lack is toughness. If he can stomach up the whatever pains in his knee, he's going to be just fine. And, you know, and look, all teams go through patches with injuries and players out or whatever, but it's certainly been a recurring theme for the Moncton Magic. So there were guys tonight in the lineup that were still feeling the effects of some injuries. Duke Mundy just coming back yeah, off and, the short and, stint. And by the way, if Denzel Taylor's 90%, I'm a monkey's uncle because Denzel Taylor at 90% has a lot more bounces than he had tonight. He was really not explosive tonight. You could really tell he was limited by that ankle. So another break here for... Magic got a couple more pretty lengthy breaks coming up, so really uh, be key for them. And, of course, you mentioned Billy, too, but yeah. And I know, yeah, I know they're looking forward to getting Billy White back. Spoke to Coach Leno, as mentioned, on the podcast the other day. He's hoping that Billy will be back for their next game at home on the 29th. Um, You know, this Moncton Magic squad, Dave, we've talked about how good they are defensively. But let's go back to that first quarter again. The Island Storm really seemed to have their way with Moncton, especially underneath the basket offensively for the Storm. What 
did you see that really changed for Moncton that saw them really clamp down on the Island Storm in quarters two, three, and four, at least in terms of defensively? I just think they got tougher. I just think that, and, and look, I said on the broadcast they were being out hustled, they were being out worked, they were being out toughed. They're not a weak-minded uh, uh, slacker team on the defensive end of the floor where you're going to get a step up on them this often, like like the Island Storm did tonight. But it was evident that the Storm wanted that game more. At least they came out of the gates indicating that. But as soon as that third quarter started, there was a shift. It's The eye test, it shifted. And then the numbers changed. Because, I mean, look, the hustle stats were all in the favor of, of, of the Island Storm. But the, the stat that you pointed out to me towards the end of the game was what really brought it, the win home for the Magic. And that was the, uh, the, uh, the points in the paint. And that's where they really went. That's where all those, I said on the broadcast, I don't know, this has got to be the most dunks the Magic have had. And that's not an insignificant stat. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a stat that the, the NBA stat heads point to a lot because that indicates you're getting easy shots and your athletes are really getting to the rim and finishing. And so dunks is an in, insignificant stat, and that just shows they were getting easy shots in the flow of the offense. And guys like Duke had nine assists, didn't score a bunch tonight, had 12. Uh, but had nine assists, and Corey was sharing the rock with six. Those guys, they got their own shots, but they were really setting up guys for uh, guys like Andando and, and Wayne McCullough was terrific again. We didn't even get to Wayne McCullough yet, who's been, I'm sorry, the, Mon- the Magic's best player for several weeks now. We haven't even gotten to him yet. Scott Squires and Dave Tingley, your broadcast team from Moncton Magic Home Games on NBLC Live. This is Magic Time. The podcast is live this evening. We're on location doing a post-game podcast. With our presenting sponsors, St. Louis Bar and Grill, we're at the Mountain Road location. They have two locations in Moncton, New Brunswick, uh, or I should say Moncton Dieppe, because Dieppe is its own entity. I don't want to get in trouble here. But yeah, two uh, St. Louis locations there, one in Moncton on Mountain Road. That's where we are tonight. But they also have their Dieppe location. And the cool thing about it here is they take such good care of us. The the general manager, Brennan, is actually the gentleman who came over and spoke with us, took our order, and brought us our beautiful beverages, Dave. Well, he's, uh, he's an old friend of mine. I've been playing basketball with and against Brennan for a really long time, and I think... I think we've got a room in the back now where we can just go sleep if we want. Because <laughs> I come beds. He, they, this place sponsors our men's league. Uh, it sponsors a team in our men's league. They sponsor us. Um, they love the basketball community in general. So I'm here. You know, this is my third time in seven days I've been here. <laughs> and I, and and weather weather permitting, I'm going to be here tomorrow because they of their event that they've got here tomorrow that I know you you've mentioned several times and promoted for them. Yeah, that's right. Actually, on. Uh AFC NFC Championship Pardon Sunday. Me, Sunday. Pardon yeah, Sunday. They've got, a big, tomorrow, yeah. they've got a big fundraising event here for the Progress Club and for the Boys and Girls Club of Riverview. So, again, that's on uh, Sunday, January 20th, at both St. Louis locations uh, the one in Moncton and the one in the Up starting at 4 o'clock Atlantic time. So, you can check that out. Also, check them out on Facebook, St. Louis Baron Grill NB on Facebook. But getting back to tonight's game, Dave, you knew that the Magic wanted to get back home. They've been away for so long. Their last home game was December 30th. So, I mean, we're talking almost a three-week stretch. Uh, how much do you think this takes a little bit of the pressure off of the, la- the last stretch and the way it's gone, getting that win tonight at home? Yeah, pre- you talk a little bit about pressure, and that's, and that's true, because the, the one thing I love about our Mountain Magic fans here is <clears throat> they don't put that pressure on them. A lot, of t- a lot of teams, a lot of fans, they panic on a winning, especially after a 10-0 start. You start going a losing streak, and it becomes, woe is me, the sky's falling. The Magic fans, I think, the Moncton fans, this, is, this shows you how much how smart they've become as basketball fans through these eight years. 
they they've seen these ups and downs, and they've gone through a lot of downs with the with the basketball teams in this in this in this city, and stuck with them, and a little losing streak. Based on you know, and they know uh, they had departures. Doug Herring leaves the team. That's not good. Jahi Carson, Billy White's hurt. Uh, other guys hurt. Guys in another lineup coming and going. Couple day contracts and then leave. They know that uh, that the that the team's going to go through ups and downs like that, and they're just gonna they're just gonna have to stick with them. And I think the pressure comes from the guys. The guys put pressure on themselves, and I think that it was a relief for them tonight to perform really well in front of the fans. And something really cool as well. I mean, we've talked about how great St. Louis Bar and Grill is with their uh, activeness in the local market and and being so community-minded and community-based. If you come into either of the Moncton and Dieppe locations for St. Louis Bar and Grill and make a $5 donation to the Friends of the Moncton Hospital, you'll receive a uh, a coupon for St. Louis Bar and Grill. So again, drop into either of the locations, make a $5 donation to the Friends of the Moncton Hospital. It's for a great cause, and you'll get a coupon to come back and enjoy something here in St. Louis. Okay. I'm, I got I got, I got got a $5 bill on me. I'm getting one of those right now. Seems pretty fair, right? But again, just look, I mean, we really appreciate all that St. Louis Bar and Grill does for us here and helping uh, keep magic time on the air. Uh, and again, Brennan brought that over and, and showed that to us. So, and again, check them out on Facebook because they're always posting all the different specials that they have. The all you can eat boneless wings, man, I gotta check that out on my treat day, Dave. That looks amazing. Seventeen ninety nine, all you can eat boneless wings. I don't think I'll eat for like two days and come uh, check it out. I have done that more than once. <laughs> More than once. So let's go back and talk about the Moncton Magic. We referenced some of the new guys. I mean, we know Joel and Donna, but the two really new new guys, uh, Marcus Lewis and Freddie McSwain Jr. Listen, if it wasn't for a lot of the things that have happened to the Moncton Magic with injuries and player departures, maybe these guys don't even show up on the radar of the Moncton Magic, but they're here now. And based on what's happened through the first couple of games, who knows, they could end up being key parts of this squad down the second half of the season. Well, the thing that's obvious that jumps off the page for them is how easily they're gonna, they fit in defensively. These guys really know what they're doing on the defensive end of the floor. A lot of, like, it's great to have that athleticism, right? And it's great to perform. The high-flying dunks and the highlights are great. But if you're not able to stay on the floor because you can't check your man, then that's no good. And these guys obviously have that in them um, on the defensive end of the floor. They've proven it, and it adds a level of of, of uh, inserts a level of, of 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 youth and excitement to the team. And you can feel like we talked about it on the broadcast. A guy like Freddie McSwain and Marcus Lewis on the team. You're up 20 late. You're still not leaving the building because if they're on the floor, you might see something. Yeah. You ain't never seen before, and I have a feeling those aren't going to be the only two highlights we see out of Freddie McSwain Jr. this year. Well, it was funny. I was talking to Freddie after the game, and he had jersey 35 on tonight. And I said, look, man, I said, listen, from a play-by-play perspective, so much fun calling some of those uh, high-flying plays that you made. I said, you know, I, I was calling you Flight 35. And he said, oh, yeah, he goes, that's my jersey number. He goes, because I don't know if I'm going to keep that. He goes... He, well, he didn't say specifically his number, but he said my hashtag on social media, I believe he said it was hashtag 21 pilot. 21, yeah. So we'll have to see if he changes to 21, but I guess he's pretty active on social media. He, he so, is very active. listeners of Magic Time, check out Freddie McSwain on social media, because it sounds like he's pretty active on there. He is really active, yeah, and I felt bad for him tonight. We did the pregame with him, and we had a couple of false starts on it. Didn't realize until after it was done, so we didn't actually, he wasn't actually on the pregame, but... So we had, we had we replaced him with Joel Andando, but 
we'll uh, we'll we'll fix that probably in one of those games next week. But um, one th- I still and I told this story um, on the broadcast too. But late in the game, uh, Freddie Freddie was there was a timeout and Freddie came off the floor and he was stopped by uh, what coach was it first? I forget. I think it uh, might have been Todd McKillop. Todd Todd stopped him first and and was speaking to him clearly about something on the offensive end of the floor, something about an angle where you're setting a screen. You could see by the motion what he was describing. And then okay, Todd was done. And then Joe Salerno came up to him and said, now here's, and he was talking to him about some sort of defensive position, you could tell, about the way he was moving his arms, and then Joe was done, went to the huddle, and, and here comes, who was it, the third one? Um, uh, Matt Roberts. Oh, it was Matt, yeah, Matty, who was the third one, yeah. Matty's, and that was the one that was really interesting, because you could see how he was talking about the rules of around the rim, and, and Freddie, at one point, uh, midway through the, third, the fourth quarter, went up for a rebound, and he let the and hung in the air, and while the ball was bouncing, and because he's Freddie, he hung in the air a very long time, waited for the ball to bounce free of the rim, and then snagged it. And Maddie was having an in-depth discussion. No, no, no. You're gonna be. A, you're gonna get yourself probably an extra dunk or two, an extra rebound or two a game. And I talked because I talked to him about this afterwards. Uh, Maddie was clear on that's specifically what he was telling him. Just on knowing the rule. Okay, it's not Indiana University anymore. There's no goaltending once the ball hits the rim. Swipe it clean. You're above the rim. Swipe it. Take it. Don't wait for it to bounce free. You got it. It's yours. Well, listen, we're the home broadcast team, and of course we're going to be a little biased about the home side Moncton Magic Squad, but it's a team game. Everybody's important. But this Freddie McSwain Jr., when we say that he's got some hop and some jump in his game, he is a high flyer, Dave. He is a highlight. Get out and watch this kid. Almost the most impressive one was a dunk that he missed on the offensive. Right after that alley-oop he had, he had another where uh, the ball the ball bounced around the rim. And again, he hung in the air, hung in the air, hung in the air. And if it had hung in the air, another nanosecond he would have been able to dunk it. But he missed the dunk, and then you could hear the crowd go, oh, almost as loud as when he did dunk it off that. I mean, he's just a guy. He's a highlight waiting to have it. Well, I guess the good news is, you referenced it a few minutes ago for the Moncton Magic, is they've got a break now. They don't play another game anywhere, anytime, until January 29th at home against the St. John Riptide and then the next night against the London Lightning. So they've got some time. They can heal up some bumps and bruises and scrapes. They can get some players healthy. They can get some players back, hopefully like an Eddie Asamoah and a, and a Billy White. And they get some practice time, some time to work these new guys in to the offense, the defense, get them comfortable with the game. Coach Joe Salerno on the podcast the other day talked about how he's discussed with his team about how he likes to break the season into four quarters. It's a 40-game regular season, so each quarter is 10 games. Obviously, the first 10 games of the first quarter went swimmingly, 10-0. <laughs> Bit of a drop-off in the second quarter, the second 10 games with the injuries and that long road trip and some tough losses. But tonight... A very good start to the third quarter of the season. What are a couple of things that you want to see from this team for them to get back to that Moncton Magic basketball that saw them go 10-0? Well, I think what we'll look for in those two games midweek in in a couple weeks is the defensive end of the floor. I don't think there's any denying, once Billy comes back, the talent that they have inside and out on the offensive end of the floor. But the thing that's going to be looking for, that I'll look for, is on the defensive end of the floor... I talked about it a little bit tonight. When you when you when you have these guys in, and now people don't realize in the program how it comes down to the, these little nuances on the defensive end of the floor. You if you don't have a lot of practice time with new guys, if you don't have a lot of experience playing with the guy next to you in the the, the next rotation over defensively, it's all about 
angles and closeouts and and, and um, uh, being one pass away and knowing and being in tandem with the guy next to you and knowing what he's doing and communicating. And if you don't have that down pat, that's and I think it, it goes to show they had a, that ten game. They were I mean they were almost averaging what ninety. They were giving up ninety points a game at one point. It was getting close to getting to the eighty nine point area, and then all of a sudden. They had these guys leave, and these guys didn't. They came in, or they were still, weren't suddenly bad defensive players. They just weren't used to each other. weren't playing the same rotations, different roles, different minutes, and that just leads to some mental lapses, fatigue, maybe. Uh, you know, not knowing your the guy next. Like I said, the guy next to you, what his next movement's going to be. That little mistakes can lead to big problems when you're playing professional basketball and I think that's what they found, what you found out so I'm going to look at the defensive end of the floor when they come back from this break. Well they've def- definitely got a few days to work on some things and to come back out on the court January 29th at the Avenir Center against the St. John Riptide, that very well coached Riptide squad, Coach Nelson Taroba does a great job with them, of course Dave and I will be your broadcast team on NBLC Live Make sure that you subscribe to that service and check out some of the best basketball in this country. It's professional basketball. It's exciting basketball. And before we go, Dave, I want to give a shout-out as well to two pretty cool fans that came up and chatted <laughs> to you and I yeah. after the game, yeah. uh, Jessica and Pauline. They are connected with Denzel Taylor, but they sought us out after the game, and they talked about you know when they're down in the States, they're always watching uh, the games from the Avenir Center, and they enjoy the broadcasts that you and I do. So uh, to Pauline and Jessica, a big shout-out to them. We appreciated them coming up tonight and saying hello. It was pretty cool to meet them. And I like how Pauline uh, deferred to me. Let me keep my moniker of the president of the Denzel Taylor fan club. She she bowed down. She accepted the vice (laughs) presidency with grace. I really appreciated it. No, those two were those two were those two were fun. Yeah, check out my Twitter account later. Uh, I'm going to be posting a picture that uh, I had. Actually, Coach Salerno's young son Cam was the official photographer. Listen, that took that picture. You, so I'll be tweeting out you, that picture. Scott underscore FFM on Twitter, and yours is at Hoops Tingley. And you were, yeah, I, I was going to take that picture, but then no, they, you had Cam there. He takes a much better picture than me. He does indeed. He's he's quite the little photog, that young man. He wears many hats. He's like a Renaissance man, that guy. Well, listen, this has been a lot of fun. We'll be doing live post-game podcast the rest of the season from right here at St. Louis Baron Grill, the Mountain Road location. We'll probably at least one or two times they've had to go to the DF location, too, so they don't feel left out. we'll mix it up. We'll mix it up. And again, just a reminder, you can find St. Louis Baron Grill Moncton DF on Facebook. It's St. Louis Baron Grill NB at Facebook. Remember, when you type in St., put S-T, not S-A-N-T, so St. Louis Baron Grill NB on Facebook. And again, if you go in to one of their two locations, Moncton or Dieppe, make a $5 donation to Friends of the Moncton Hospital, you will get a coupon for a free appetizer with the purchase of a beverage. This has been Magic Time live on location at St. Louis Bar and Grill on Mountain Road in Moncton. I'm Scott Squires, and you are Dave Tingling. Thank you very much for tuning into the Post Game Podcast. Until next time, my friends, remember if you can't take part in sport, be a good one anyway. Bye for now. <laughs>